Good morning. This is Game of Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about board games, games, board games. and friendship. And friendships. You decide which one's more important. <laughs> so this comes from a listener. Uh, this topic comes from a listener who had who had asked us that you know we should do a, a podcast on this subject, which is, what, what is the subject really? How much do you want to annoy your friends <laughs> when you play board games? Oh, that's what it was. So just because a, a move is legal, is it right? Probably not. <laughs> so... We're talking about board games, a little bit different than role-playing games. But, you know, you can extrapolate this into role-playing games, too. But but anyway, so for board games, there are certain games where there's a lot of interaction between players. Now, obviously, a war game is going to have that that kind of interaction where you're trying to kill or defeat the other player. But there's a more... That's a strategy game, right? Well, yeah. But there's, well, they're all strategy games, but they're more, you know, that's direct conflict. But there's other games that are less conflict and more about, you know, trying to do your goals without necessarily backstabbing the other player. Any game you can backstab the other player, but you may not want to, especially if it's a, if it's a friendly evening game after yeah. a long day, of, a long week of work. <laughs> And you want to get together with your friends. And if you want to get together with them more than once, you may want, not want to stab them in the back when you're playing board games with them. And again, it all depends on your, well, a lot of depends on the number of factors, right? So my, the person who, who wrote in wrote about a specific, a couple of specific games. One was Ticket to Ride, right? Which is by all means a family-friendly game. It's sold over 20, 12 million copies worldwide. It's available at Target. So it has to be one of those fun, friendly games that you that you play with the family. I call Ticket to Ride the gateway game to European games. Yes, to Euro European games. European board games. Yes, uh, strategy games, modern strategy games. So this is a really easy game. There's not a lot you can, you know, there's not a lot of moves you can do. But if anybody's ever played, and even if you're not, you're basically cl- collecting, uh, you're claiming routes on a board, and usually there's only one or two routes available to a certain city. So in this case, my one of the, one of the, players was headed toward miami you know when you claim a route you put little trains on it so you claimed a route and the trains are in your on a certain color so somebody was making a beeline toward miami obviously you know was you know had had gone from like uh you know houston to uh new orleans and new orleans to la and, and claimed the routes and it looked like it was going toward miami and somebody else played the last route available to miami blocking the other player so they couldn't get to that destination so did that person need to go to miami yes that was part of the, so in ticket to ride no, no. did the person who blocked the person need to go to miami no see there's there's the <laughs> that is the there's problem. the rub <laughs> so and ticket to ride is one of those games it's it's a really easy game yes but you're basically going from Los Angeles. If, if your ticket says Los Angeles to Miami, you're building your routes that way. Right. And so I, my strategy is always to build the route to the city that I need to go to. And then I fill in the middle later. So if I need to go to Los Angeles and Miami, I'll build one of my first routes. Well, out of, first, out of LA. the first thing I do is take anything that is going to, if I get blocked, I can't make my route. <laughs> There's so, a route from Houston to right. New Orleans that you have to have yeah. if you're going to go that particular way. There's always other ways to go. Right. You go around, as but they say. But if you're a new player and somebody, and you, and you haven't played Ticket to Ride 200,000 times, uh, you may not know that 
you always have to have the strategy of going different ways because you could get blocked at any time. Yeah. So, and uh, just a real quick information tickets ride. You get destination tickets, and there's two cities, and you have to claim routes that lead to, to those cities. So when you when you get your tickets, uh, these are they call tickets, and then they have destinations. You decide whether you want to take those destination tickets or not. And then once you claim, once you decide to keep them, your your goal is to get those those routes. Because if you uh, uh, routes that complete that connect those two cities, because if you do, you get points based on how long those routes are. Now you also get points for claiming routes of different lanes on on the map, but uh, you get a lot of points from these t- destination tickets. So this person who's trying to get to Miami and needs to get to Miami, because unfortunately, in well the way the rules are, if you do not complete a destination of a ticket that you uh, that you have, not only do you not get the bonus points, those points cost negative toward your overall bonus points at the end of the, overall points at the end of the game so it could be a huge swing if you have a 20 point ticket and instead of gay, gay, getting 20 points you subtract 20 points that's a 40 point swing so the person was was saying you know <laughs> what what do you think about this kind of a tactic where the person doesn't need to go to miami but does it to block you and does it to prevent you from getting points now obviously that is a valid strategy right you know preventing other people from gaining a lot of points is a valid strategy but is it a good strategy overall as far as maintaining your friends <laughs> so it, d- it depends on the kind of game you're playing if you're in a tournament game right then do whatever you want the gloves come off in tournament yeah of course i've been in tournaments where i, I we always play this ticket to ride tournament when we no, I'm sorry. Seven Wonders tournament when we go to um, Kublacon. It's a great, it's a great tournament. But we've been playing it for years with, and the guy that puts it on is is really nice, and yeah, it's a yeah. really, it's really fun. But the a lot of the people are the same people that come back every year because they really enjoy playing the game. Obviously. And some of them have different strategies, and one of the strategies is to play like is to act like you have no idea what's going on, oh. which is really annoying to my friend Kathy because she ended up sitting at a table with this. With one lady twice in the same year. I sat with her once one year. And she seems like a really nice lady, but she acts as if she doesn't know what she's doing. And she's been in this tournament every year since since it started. And she really does know what she's doing. She's just trying to distract you and then um, get you to try to help right. her. Well, so what happens is in that in that instance, that's like that's like really nasty playing, right? I mean, because that that's beyond just blocking people or doing something that's legal in the game. Because it's that's psychological. More, that's, it's psychological, but it's also it's also not very nice, right? Because like you know, when I'm playing a game, I try to be a nice person, even at a tournament, right? If somebody asks me a question, I go, I'll answer the question. But the one time she was sitting next to me, she she I thought she had never played before. That's how that's how many how many questions she was asking. I sat next to her once, and I never answered any of her questions. What happened was, you know, you're trying to play this game. Ticket to Ride. I was seven thinking, wonders. I mean, seven seven wonders. You're right. Seven Wonders is one of the games I was going to say that you could play without having to mess with other players. But but in this case, it's a little different. You know, she is using psychological warfare, right? And I guess all, all's fair in love in tournaments. But, but I really thought she needed help. So I was spending t- my time answering her questions. and at the what Which was means hap- you got a low score. Which, which distracted me from what I was doing. So then the next, you know, so then after the tournament was over, you know, my friend Kathy goes, ah, that lady just kept asking me questions. I go, what do you mean she kept asking? He goes, I remember one question particularly. I had already answered her, and she scored the top, one of the top of my table. You know, because they break you into group of 
different tables because it's a rather large tournament. It's like 40, 50, 60 people. So depending on the year. So I'm like, so then we gather that she just does that to distract her neighbors from from playing. And so the next, and then the next year I sat next to her again, and you know, because you rotate tables and all this other stuff. And she asked me questions. Goes, I don't know. I just, I just blew her off. And I just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I know. And, and that's the way I dealt with her. And she ended up not asking me any questions after halfway through the game or a little bit. And so, but it was like, you know, that's, that's kind of, I don't know. That's really underhanded. I think that. that but that's with, a tournament. So people do all kinds of things, right? Like, I mean, I guess I could like barf on the table and make everybody sick and, and, and cause everybody to quit. I don't know. Is that, is that fair? I don't know. That's terrible. I don't know. I don't agree with that. But we're not talking about that kind of gameplay. We're not talking about psychological warfare. You know, like people who tap on the table and weird stuff like that. I have no idea. But we were talking about Ticket to Ride. So Ticket to Ride is super easy, but you can really uh, block people. And, and there's certain cities on a map that only have like one or two one ra- route. routes that go to that city. And if you claim those routes, you know, you can literally block people from going there, obviously. But sometimes you can block people without knowing about it. Sometimes, sometimes you get tickets in like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a hub. And there's like five routes going out of At Pittsburgh. Least. Well, I think it might be six. <laughs> Maybe. But I know that every once in a while when I play, no matter whether I'm playing on my tablet or playing with actual people, sometimes I take like four of those routes without realizing, because you need to go different ways, right? But all of the, Pittsburgh is one of those cities that's a hub and you could accidentally block somebody without realizing it because you want to go up to Toronto and you want to go down to Washington and you want to go up to New York, right? And instead of doing like a big giant circle, you just have a star pattern. You have a star pattern there. And and then, you know. And then somebody throws down their tickets and goes, ah, damn it. I, I, that's it. I can't. I can't make it to that city. So, so, that, so there's the, that kind of thing, but you do it without meaning to, right? Yeah, there is. There's sometimes you block people just by, you know, you, you know. Sometimes I don't. Obviously, honest, honestly, I should say, I don't usually play pay attention to what other people are doing unless they're kind of claiming routes close to where I need to go. Then I'm paying attention to them, and I'm like, I need to claim this route before this guy gets there or this person that gets there, because I don't want to get you know uh, blocked out of my route. Or have to go all the way around, and you are limited to how many, tra- you know, how many spaces or trains. You yeah. Trains, you got limited. You have forty-five trains in your little thing, and in the routes range from like one to like seven trains six. long. Well, six, six for six regular. Trains long. So you know, so is is that a valid play? You know, I you, I think it, Jolene's right. It depends on the table. If I'm with a bunch of little kids and I'm teaching the game, probably wouldn't be a good idea to pummel them into uh, submission, right? You know, you, you as a teacher, you, you you want everybody to have a good time, and usually being you know pummeled into uh, doesn't make you want to play again. Doesn't want to make you play again. Uh, that happened with me and a friend of ours who played uh, what was that card game? I forget what the name of the card game was. Rook. Rook. So they refused actually, to play actually, that I I didn't play. You know, I I don't really like the I didn't, I saw them playing. I go, oh, this doesn't intrigue me very much. So, but he was teaching this game to my friend and my brother and you know and he's teaching the game and he just like just tore them apart right to the point where they will never play that game again they're like oh that doesn't it's not a fun game and even to this day and this happened like what 15 10 10 years ago at least 10 years ago and they would not play rook you know it's that traumatic of a situation so imagine somebody who's new to board gaming you don't want to crush them in in you know, with the iron fist of crushing people that you want to play with more than once is probably right. not a good idea. But it happens, and there's all kinds of games. So right? there's all kinds of games like that. So, so another one is Carcassonne, right? Carcassonne is Carcassonne a game. never sees the light of day in my yeah, house because my so, friend Steve 
likes to take all the farms. He <laughs> likes you to get a nice big farm, and then he likes to muscle in on it and yeah. steal it from you. And I refuse to play the game. Or castle. Uh, castles. Well, that was uh, <laughs> another one. I, I, it's never really happened to me. So I'm pretty smart with my castles. But if you end up making a big castle, someone can put pieces in so you can't complete your castle. That was another th- example that the person who gave us this topic said it was Carcassonne, where she play- he plays with his daughter, I think. And he sh- she is brutal, right? She's like, she'll win at anything. You know, she's like 13 or 14, I think. And you get points for completed castles and this and that. And it's basically like a puzzle game, right? You're putting down, you know, the weird shapes. Of it's a tiling game. Tiling game. But it's, it looks like a puzzle. And so when, you, when you're making a tile, when you're making a castle, all the walls have to fit together so what happens if you put a piece that makes it almost impossible to get a piece that'll fit then that's pretty that's pretty mean but that's part of the game right <laughs> yeah so what do you do with that kind of, what do you do what do you do when you have a player you want to play that way and you have other players that don't want to play that way for you know and i just and i understand you know you know some people just want to have a nice friendly game without you know oh having a headache at you know trying to figure out you know how badly you're gonna get screwed nobody wants that but i don't know i think maybe a player consensus at the very beginning hey you know we're just a lighthearted game we're here to have a good time no you can try that but i don't know that it'll work <laughs> well see the problem see that was the problem we had at this house we have we're all competitive some people are super competitive right so i'm okay with whatever anything any way you want to play if you want to play full cutthroat stuff that's fine as long as I know that's the way we're playing, that way, you know. She doesn't usually. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's very, it's a very interesting subject, right? Because you, you, there's all kinds of things going on as far as, you know, interpersonal relationships, you know, husband and wives playing against each other. So a lot of people have table rules like husbands and wives are not allowed to sit next to each other. <laughs> the husband cannot go before the wife. <laughs> this has nothing to do with me and Saul because Saul and I are pretty... Every once in a while, he he pisses me off, but <laughs> and does things that that really annoy me. But we do have friends who cannot sit next to no, each other no. because they will literally have a an argument, a screaming fit at each other. <laughs> but that's because I think it's because they're super competitive, and they one are. of them one of them is very good, right? There's no doubt about about it. And the other one's a really good player too. But but the other player. The husband is super analytical and, you know, he's a real smart guy. And so, and so he can usually out, he outsmarts me all the time. So that's no, I can see that. But his wife doesn't like it, right? His wife doesn't like it. Like, ah, that really, that really sticks that thorn in her, underneath her claw. (laughs) (laughs) Was it crawl? (laughs) Anyway, so, so what do you do? I don't know. What do you do? I beat him every time I can. <laughs> That's just true. You know, but we do play friendly, right? We do. We don't. We don't. We do easily. for the most part. Yes. Unless, unless you reveal your Lord of Waterdeep and, <laughs> and they don't care. And they, because they have a card that gave them a special thing, which is fine. And I under, I under, I understand. But sometimes when you're playing Did a you game. Did come in second in that game? Yeah. You beat me, you bastard. Barely. Barely. <laughs> I was playing at a serious disadvantage because I knew I shouldn't have kept that Lord, but I did anyway because I go, oh, no, I can probably get I got the Builder Lord, which is a really hard one with my friends because everybody wants to freaking be the king of the buildings. I knew I should have put it away, but I didn't. Yeah, that's a terrible and one to have. I had a really hard game because Steve got a card that was that gave him extra whatever you call it, a plot thing. And so every time he did, he, every time he built a building, he got to do something special. But I revealed my lord because I'm all, 
you guys are freaking taking all the buildings. I kept taking the first person and they kept taking it away from me. So I couldn't, I only got three buildings. So I only had 18 points for my end game, which is not good in that game. But I was like, okay, I'll just have another glass of wine and... Well, for example, I had the guy that gave you three points for any any quest any that wasn't quest. a mandatory quest. It was a mandatory quest, and I got uh, ten done, thirty points, and I barely beat Jolene by like eight points. So I w- I beat Steve anyway. Thank you, G- thank you, Steve. <laughs> I beat Steve anyway, but that was only because I was like. He's not letting me do what I want, so I just change my strategy. And that's what I do usually is because I play yeah. with people who are yeah. very competitive, so you always have to have a, a secondary strategy, plan well, B, plan C. I'm sorry, but I, you know, you don't feel sorry for Jolene because she is a cutthroat player. Not cutthroat, but she is a very good player. And even with that even with that setback, which is a huge setback, I give you, that you know, you're not going to get a lot of points because cause everybody else wants buildings. But... But you still came within like eight points of me, and I was like, that was one of my best games I've ever played. And you're like, and you're playing with a disadvantage, and you barely lost. So what does that tell you? It was unfair. Kicking with the, kick with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> So I would suggest if 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 you're trying to avoid those kind of conflicts, you know, you know, if there's if you got a table full of super competitive couples, oh, you're in trouble. Pick you a know, game that, you that, want, that you really can't compete with each other. Yeah, you don't want people sleeping on the couches or sleeping in the doghouse. That's that's terrible. So I was, you know, don't play Ticket to Ride, right? Because there's blocking involved or Carcassonne. Oh, you can. I mean, you just have to. And, 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 and really, most of the time it's, it's fine, but every once in a while, someone will be like, I don't know if they're in a bad mood or they just want to piss you there's off. There, or, there's that too. Or, you know, things like that. But it happens all the time at gaming conventions also because I played in a game of, um, what is it? Settlers of Catan. Settlers of Catan. Oh. With, and I was, I played with the, I played with, with there were five of us and um, I ended up playing with a husband and wife team and I, and then I was playing with this guy who called himself War. I don't know what his real name was, but the husband and <laughs> wife, the husband and wife were only trading with each other. They wouldn't trade with us. So we're like looking at each other across the table going, okay. This is is totally unfair because they're they're like cheating, right? They're only trading with each other, and part of that game is trading your resources, your sheep for your yeah, wood, that, and all that kind of stuff. I, I ranked that with that one step below that other lady who was like like psychologically cheating. In this case, the problem I have with that is I don't know if they were trading, if they were equitable trades, right? It, were they were they feeding one person one way? Oh, I want you to win, honey. So I'm just going to give you the cards that you need. I don't know. So Warren yeah. and I decided to trade with each other since nobody <laughs> yeah, else would nobody trade else. with us. And it was. Uh, what about the fifth player? He was the guy running the game. Oh. We won't discuss him. Oh. And so it was an interesting. It was an interesting um, game. I've never been in one like that. But then when we don't pull out Settlers of Catan very often because even here, yeah, because I like um, the game. But yeah, we played it a lot. And but even the last time we played with our friends, they traded with each other and they didn't want to trade. Sometimes it wasn't that they didn't want to trade with you. It was just that they were faster to trade with each other, which was really annoying because sometimes you really need something and <laughs> other people have it and, and they won't give it to you because I don't remember because that. she said it first or you get or. My friend Steve always gets out a dice and rolls it to see who he's going to trade with. And that is the most annoying thing in the world. That is hilarious. And you have to get 10 points in that game, which takes freaking forever. Sometimes. So. Yeah, Steve doesn't want to get... 
He doesn't want anyone to be mad at him him for for doing something. So like when let's say he randomly has a deal out punishment or or damage to somebody in in a game or has to give somebody an item or take away an item, he'll literally go one two three four count people and roll a die and whoever that whatever that way. You know, it's fate decided, not me. So I think it's hilarious. He does that so his wife doesn't doesn't yell at him. <laughs> that's, that's the number one reason, which is a pretty good reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> so board games are, are very interesting. I think that the main thing you should take away from this episode of our podcast is that if you really want to play, and there's, there's other kinds of board games, like miniature games and stuff. Those people that have rulers, calculators, pieces oh. of paper, and they are really strategizing about what they're going to do any kind of war game and then there was this one game that i played at a convention with my friends because they really wanted to and and i i couldn't i i said i said i would do it because i had nothing else to do and once i got into the game i realized this was not the kind of game for me it was a a game with rocket ships or rockets (laughs) and you were trying to get into space and do stuff you gotta go to the moon my problem was i think it's called leaving earth maybe that was what it was Luckily for me, um, Saul's, Saul's friend Paul was there next to me. My my brother-in-law was there, and we were playing with this English guy, and my friend Philip was there. And Philip is just going, I'm just trying to figure it out. He's not, and Felipe is doing the math and stuff, and, and but he wasn't doing it right. He, his rockets weren't the thing, but you had to, these rockets were heavy, <laughs> and you had to figure out how much you could... I, I don't remember completely, but I just remember going after the first turn. I just I I, I had no it. clue as to what I was doing. So it's very it's supposed to be like you know as as accurate as you can, you know as you can be in a in a game about getting shifts off the off the earth. Right? And Rockets. I felt really bad because I was totally out of my league, and yeah, and there was no way that I could actually compete in this game, and or even I didn't even I I understood the concept, but. The math was baffling me trying to figure out, and I, I work with numbers all the time, but I was, the how heavy the rocket ships are, how heavy the rockets are, and how many you need to get from one planet to another was like, right, just to take off from the Earth. So you get points for like reaching low orbit, getting to the moon, getting to Mars, even to the outside you know, planets. So, and, and everything, you know, so every rocket has a, a certain amount of thrust and it has a certain amount of weight. And of course, the more you know, you just don't add up the thrust. You also have to account for the weight. And then usually there's a payload, right? Usually there's astronauts. And if you have astronauts, then you need uh, a pod that is going to support life and all this other stuff, which adds weight to your rocket. And then you need fuel and all this other stuff. So that was the thing you had to figure out how much fuel you needed to yes. get these rockets up, right? It is a brain burn. It is. You literally just like, oh, my brain melted. We played that here at my house with Paul, and I think it was a. Uh, might have been Bay. I don't remember. But it was just like you're just crunching these numbers. And just if your numbers is wrong, <laughs> you don't you don't make it. Luckily for me, when I was in that game, Paul was, was next to me. And I just I kept asking him, what am I supposed to be doing? And basically, he helped me. Otherwise, I would have been totally lost. And Philip, because Philip didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, he was like, well, I'll do anything. <laughs> I'll try it this way. Yeah. And his rockets kept exploding yes, and then things. Too. And then and Felipe was having the same problem. And I'm looking at him going, and they're not dumb guys, right? These guys are all really smart. And I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm not playing this game again because I have no <laughs> clue as to Actually, what I'm doing. Actually, it's quite fascinating. I, I find it really fascinating. Now, the m- number crunching aspect of it, you know, it, it is brutal uh, for me. And so, 
you know that aspect i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be a very good astronaut put her outer in spacer <laughs> yeah you uh, don't want saul on the team that's <laughs> doing the numbers for getting the but, rocket it, but it is fun and it, what's fascinating about that game is that guy goes to kublacon is a convention we go to here in uh san francisco bay area and he's there with his stuff right but he makes he prints those himself right he doesn't go at least at the last time so like you put an order for this game and he, he, you know, he's super nice, and uh, from what I heard, and he'll contact you. He goes, "Oh yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm back order. I'm, I'm trying to catch up on my orders and stuff like that." And so uh, I heard this other guy on another podcast. He was like, "Man, this game is really cool." So he ordered, he, you know, he played it at a convention who somebody who had it. So he couldn't even find it, right? He goes, "I don't even know where it's at." So this guy has his own little website. That's the only place you can buy it unless somebody decides to sell their copy, which. You know, there's certain games that people just don't want to let go. Because if you're going to go buy this game and you're going to buy it. If, if I gonna, had the game, I'd let it go. But if you, if you buy this game, you buy it because you're really super interested in this kind of game. And you're not ever going to let it go because it's like really neat for you. So this guy had ordered it and he said he ordered it like six months. He paid for it you know, or maybe he didn't pay for it, but he hadn't heard about it. All of a sudden it shows up on his doorstep. He's like, oh my God, like six months later. So that's the kind of game it is. You know, he builds up his, he makes a whole bunch to take to conventions, I suppose. And then he sells them online on his own personal website. And so it's like a one man shop operation. Yeah. And now he has all kinds of expansions. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Uh, Leaving Earth, I think, is the name of the game. And so sometimes you, there for me, there was no strategy other than to ask for help. Yes, because I knew I wasn't going to win. You weren't the doing game. it on purpose to try. I to, was. I wasn't doing it on purpose because I, I was baffled by the the rockets and the and and then <laughs> they and funny. then they, they these guys knew what kind of rockets they were in, and yes. they're real rockets. Yeah, right? yeah. I had no clue because I've seen rockets. I've watched movies about about <laughs> going into space, but. I have never taken the time to learn what the rockets are called and that kind of stuff. And then we went to the um, sci-fi, was it sci-fi convention? And what was it? The one in Steve Wozniak's convention? Oh, the Comic-Con. And we were watching and we were in this NASA thing and they were talking about the rockets. And when they said the name of the rocket, I told Saul, I know what rocket that is. (laughs) Because Paul explained to me the different rockets, which I had no clue. And then I actually... Went into to real life, a Comic-Con convention, I guess. And <laughs> people were actually asking questions and explaining, talking about these rockets. And after that game, I actually knew what they meant. But I'm all, oh, that's the biggest rocket there is. Yes. <laughs> They're talking about the Falcon rockets and this and that and, and how much thrust they have. And, you know, is it a viable rocket to get to Mars? And I'm like, oh. What I, what I like about, do like about Silicon Valley Comic-Con is that it's very science uh, orientated. So that's pretty neat. Even though sometimes I don't understand what they're saying, <laughs> so so that that's a pretty cool game. Uh, like I said, so it's a different kind of game, right? It's not game. it's not a, a have a glass of wine unless you're <laughs> unless you're a mathematician and really like rockets. Yeah, then, you know, and and sit down with your friends and, and you. because playing that one, my friend Kathy would not do it, and her husband would love it, but he would have nowhere to play, nobody to play with because with. I would be going. Well, maybe Ian and Alan. And Augustine. And Augustine, yeah. But, yeah, not they're, me they're and math Kathy. Nerds. I think a lot of it has to do with what do you want out of your board gaming, right? If you want this super strategic, you know, push the envelope of, of your knowledge of this game, you know, that's a good way to play. But you have to have people that want to play in that style in that way. You know, if, if people, like like Julian said, it's been a long week. 
I just want to have a beer or a glass of wine and and throw some dice and and you know, chit chat. Move my mice. Yeah, and and then that is probably you know playing cutthroat like that is probably you know they may not care too, but some people at the even if they want to relax and stuff, they're still have enough competitive you know edge or whatever you want to call it to want to win. So if when everybody wants to win and and there's there's games like Splendor, which I find to be very there's lots of strategy involved but it's totally your destiny is up to you if you want something reserve it because you know there's three people sitting at the table with you or however many people you're playing with and if you think that that card is going to be there by the time you get back it gets back to you you're taking a chance right so there's games like that where you know if you want it and Saul and Kathy used to whine that I was stealing their stuff and I'm like going every time I it's a game you learn, right? Right. That it's totally up to you to to pick what you want to do and yeah. do it whatever way you're going to do it. You have no idea who's going to win because it's totally different every time. Games that I would choose, there's no, not a lot of direct conflict. I was going to say uh, Splendor. I was going to also Seven Wonders because a lot of these games, you know, you could even though there's a little bit of interaction. There's not a whole lot of interaction usually between players. You know, you can't really affect what the other person is can do or block them. There's not a lot of blocking in that sense. Sure, Seven Wonders, if you know the game, you can you can bury cards that other people are collecting. But that's one thing, and only if you have the resources to bury a card and all that stuff, to get rid of a card out of the table. But, you know, a lot of it has to do with your own uh, way of mental... Your strategy for playing the game. Yeah, yeah and your mental state, right? Because, yeah. like, for a long time, you know, I was super... I was getting super you know, aggressive and mad about getting bad plays and stuff like that. And Jolene was getting upset at me and and saying to the point where, you know, you're making it not fun when you get all angry and upset about, about how you, you suck at playing. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, that that's not fun. It doesn't make it fun for Jolene. It doesn't make it fun for other players to have a player that's going to be all mad every time he loses, which my losses uh, percentage was pretty high. So I was always I was always angry, but then I'm like, you know, why am I playing? You know, I'm playing to have fun, and this, if, if my antics is not uh, making people have a good time, then I should change my attitude. And then, you know, at the very end, ultimately is, you know, why do we play games? We play games to have fun, and if it seems like I'm not having fun, then I'm probably not. You know, so whining and complaining about oh this this oh, the the oh you took my card or you, this and that, it's not very productive toward that end, and so. I think I've changed it. I've changed my attitude quite a bit in playing games, in playing board games, especially. You know, we're here to have fun. We're here to to relax and stuff. You know, so if I get if I get shafted in the game, I'm like, all right, I don't know, like it, but it's just part of the game. It's, you know, it's all unless the people are cheating. I don't have a problem. I could play any, either, either way. I could play fully cutthroat and and laugh about it at the end, and or play really light, still not win, but still have a good time. And that's what it's all about, right? And I think, yeah, as long as you have a table consensus about what everybody wants to do, you can play a home game with your with your buddies, and they're like, we're going to play, you know, uh, what is that? Uh, game of Thrones. We're going to play Game of Thrones. And, you know, and like the other games of that ilk, like Diplomacy, where it all, it all comes down to who stabs who in the back first and at the best time. So those kind of games where... Obviously, somebody's gonna stab you in the back. That's the whole point. You're not gonna win until you, you, just, you know, you, so you've oh, yeah. eliminated all the other people. Well, eliminated all the other people, but also you have to make alliances in those games, right? You have to make alliances, and you have to break those alliances to win, right? That's just the way it works. So it's who's gonna be who, to, 
who to the punch in that sense. And that's part of the game. So if you go and play those kind of games and get mad that you get stabbed in the back because, you know, you're playing the Game of Thrones wrong, you know, just like Ned Stark, he thought he was playing the Game of Thrones. He didn't, he didn't realize that the Game of Thrones was, you know, was serious. And what happened to him? Chopped off his head. Sorry about spoilers, but that shows like end book is ten years old. The same thing as a player, you know, you go in knowing what the table structure is like, or the composition, or, or the table mood, or whatever what you want to call it. And I think it's important for you, everybody, to realize that we're supposed to have fun. That's why we play games. Yeah, and if and if and it just depends on who you're playing with. So yeah. just have fun. Try not to piss off the people at your table and. Maybe they'll well, play like with Billy you again. You know, there's some games we don't play simply because it causes too much problems in the, at the, you know, Carcassonne. You know, that's that's funny. I love Carcassonne, but I don't. We don't play it because I like Carcassonne too. It just don't like play with certain people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we we play the heck out of Ticket to Ride, even though it bugs us bugs us sometimes. Many other games that are good at, you know, like Azul is good, Splendor is good, Seven Wonders is good at preventing the. There's not a whole lot of a player interaction but there is but there is yeah there is a little bit but not a whole bunch not like not like when you're open conflict like a war game you know settlers Gatan is you know there's a lot of you know cutting off of people with roads and stuff and it's built that way right you have to cut people off if you want a long road yes so so there you go have fun playing board games try to be nice to your family and friends yes be nice. And if you don't have to cut people off, don't. If you <laughs> really need to cut people off, go ahead. But just know that they may be angry with you. And some may express it in ways that you may not like. <laughs> Hopefully you can keep it civil. Let's, let's keep it civil. <laughs> For the person who, who gave us the question, I'm pretty sure that was why he gave us the question. Because when the other person got cut off, she was not happy. <laughs> And she let everybody know it. I don't, I, I don't know the background behind that that question, but you know, uh, somebody got cut off and somebody's castle didn't get built. <laughs> this is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day. <laughs> <laughs>